I'm going to ask you a few questions. I want you to relax and answer them truthfully. Not that you'll have any choice about it. What is your name? Saeed. Saeed Jarrah. All right, Saeed. Why were you in handcuffs when we found you? Because... Because I am a bad man. Were you running away from your people? What people? Hostiles. I am not a hostile. Then where did you come from, Saeed? I came on a plane. What plane? A Jira Flight 316. And that's how I returned to the island. Returned? You've been here before? Oh, yes. The first time, I was on Oceanic Flight 815 crashed. I was here for a hundred days. Then I left. I saw you. Who saw you? Who cares? None of this matters. Ask him about the flame. Quiet. What do you know about our stations here? I know the flame was a communication station. The pearl was to observe other stations. The swan was to study electromagnetism. But of course, that was before the incident. The swan? How could he know what we were going to name it? We haven't even built it yet. I told you, we saw the model. You see, he is a spy. Hey, I knew it. Radzinski, I'm not going to tell you again. Cool it. You're all going to die, you know. What? You're going to be killed. How exactly would you know this, Saeed? Because I am from the future. Maybe I should use half a dropper? Oops. <laughs> you, you used exactly enough. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week we are revisiting Lost Episode 5. No, Season 5, Episode 10, He's Our You. I did it. We got there. I got there. That's actually the best I've done on first try, so there you go. (laughs) Yeah, considering you had to ask right before we started recording, what episode did we cover? Well, because didn't I, just, I just hit next. Oh, that's, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like why people don't know their loved one's phone numbers. They just hit their name. You know, we've become so dumb <laughs> in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. I we just hit buttons. You, with the exception of my mother, I couldn't tell you one friend's phone number. Oh, I know. 
I know my husband's. I don't know my daughter's. And that's proof positive right there. Like we're so <laughs> yeah. it, saved. Digital has screwed us so bad. Like, yeah, if if there's yeah. ever like a electronic apocalypse where like EMP cuts it's all Skynet the power is a thing. Yeah. And like we're, we're all screwed. <laughs> yeah. Well, Analog that's why I'm still, still work. mostly pen and oh, paper good. girl. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, our, our cell phones are out, but analog still works. That's great. I can't. All the Gen Xers just rise. <laughs> it's our turn. It's our turn. We're time. back in charge. We'll come up from the Goonies like like treasure ship from below. <laughs> oh, We've made it. Move aside, boomers. Move aside, millennials. We like got a, this now. Like a phoenix from the ashes. <laughs> we shall return. Just covered in flannel dust and, and bong water. <laughs> Why does the world suddenly smell of mothballs? All right, we're not going that far back. Um, it's 40 years ago, but okay. Do people even use mothballs anymore? I don't even know if, people, if they're still a thing. I don't know. We have cedar closets. I don't know what that does. I don't but know. I hear it's a good thing. Okay, so we're doing season five, episode 10. <laughs> He's are you. Yes. And apologies, first off for uh missing the last two weeks uh i put out that short episode about two weeks ago explaining why but if you missed it uh i had covid and i'm still suffering which sucks it's it's not fun this is our third the third time that we have postponed uh recording due to one of us having covid yeah um yeah i'm glad it was finally you and not me (laughs) thanks (laughs) yeah no, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's um, it's no fun. I tested positive for it two uh, at the time you're hearing this two Sundays ago. Uh, after not feeling well for the for a couple of days before that, and then it really hit me on Sunday. So I tested and tested positive, and I tested positive until that following Friday. And even then, it was like nope. Like I still. I still can't do, you do this. Remember two days before you tested positive, I said, "Are you sure you don't have COVID?" Yeah, and I was testing negative at that time. It's crazy. Um, I'm pretty sure, as I mentioned, I think I mentioned this in that short episode too. I went to a screening of Ant Man, Quantum Mania, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Pretty sure I got it from that because somebody I went to the screening with also ended up testing positive. Okay. So, um. I'm pretty sure that we both we both got it from that event because we were the that's the only time we were together was in for mass that, amounts for of that, people. Yeah, was for that screening. Um, it was awfully funny that I went to a movie about a bug and I got a bug. It's just is it funny? No, it's really not <laughs> because even to this day, like as like I mentioned, we're back to recording again, but. Mm, I won't spend too much time on this. I'll just I'll just wrap it up with this. But my energy levels are still not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still end up sleeping probably a good twelve to fifteen hours of the day because I just oh you're I'll, a cat yeah yeah uh, that's it I'm becoming one of my cats. I have four cats again. We knew uh, what? Okay, we'll t- put a pin in that. No, 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 me meaning me. I'm the fourth cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 no, I am not getting another cat. Um, cat gentleman, Ben. Cat, ben the, cat, the cat gentleman. No, I'm. Uh, 
we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. Like I'll wake up and I'll feel completely f- refreshed. And then within two or three hours, I'm completely drained and I have to sleep. And I listen to my body when my body tells me I have to sleep, I sleep. So um, sleep habits are off. Energy levels are still erratic. So I'm still getting through it, but we're back to the podcast, which is all that matters. Yes, I agree. Um, Cause I actually, we were doing good. I hated not recording for two weeks. Oh, that's okay. I understand. Stuff happens. So, oh, that was loud. Um, <laughs> so sorry to those of you listening in earpods. Earpods. What are they called? Uh, earpods. Earbuds. Earbuds. I don't use I'm AirPods. Roll today. I'm not an Apple person, so um yeah, I I uh happy happy to be back to this too. And don't worry, that won't be too loud because that's what editing is for. Yay. Uh but yeah, Lost season five, episode 10. He's our you. We got ourselves a Saeed episode. That we do. Uh where do you want to start with this one? Well, oh, I want to talk before we do. Go ahead. Spoiler alert. Oh, as we spoiler. <laughs> we got to get back into the habit of doing that. Uh, just so if you're aware, if this is your first time listening or you tend to forget, like we do, um, spoilers <laughs> are possible anytime we talk about this, not just for this episode, but for future episodes of this podcast, uh, future episodes of the series. Sorry. Oh, on any s- series, this is a revisited podcast. So, um, We are revisiting stories. Yeah, there you go. Uh, So back to what I had mentioned before. Where where do you where do you want to start? I want to start. um, I want to start with the fact that it's a Saeed episode because I think while we get a Saeed centric episode with a Saeed flashback from his childhood, we also can make an argument that this is a Ben episode as well as he is mainly largely in flashback mode. In 1977. Yeah, I, I could see that. And I, I actually agree with that completely because there's a there's a little this is one of my notes. Um, there's definitely some mirroring between Saeed and Ben. Some in, in this episode. Well, I mean, in the fact that when the no, first I mean, there's, time, there's a lot. Yeah. Uh, in the first time that Saeed meets Ben. Ben is a prisoner and Saeed mm-hmm. is interrogating. This is what we get this time is that the first time Ben meets it, the first time that Saeed meets Ben is not the first time Ben has met Saeed. Uh, and that's what we discover in this episode and that we see young Ben is the one asking questions to Saeed, not necessarily in an interrogation format, but I th- more curiosity. Right. I, I think though the first time, Ben meets Saeed. This is not the first time that Saeed has met Ben, but it is the first time that Ben is meeting Saeed. That's what I said. So then the second time when he, when Ben's a prisoner, it's still the first time that Ben is meeting Saeed because he doesn't have the memory yet. Or does he? Oh, no, you're right. Because the memory would have come... That's okay. Yeah, you're right. It's um, it technically is still the first time that, but yeah, that so Ben Saeed. meets Saeed twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 complicated because you know we we in the last episode that we recorded a couple weeks ago, 
we we talked about like how this is all brain frying stuff like it's it's and confusing it yeah and it still is um because this time around we don't see like you know when we saw how daniel talked to desmond and then desmond suddenly had those memories mm. we don't see that this time with ben at least not yet i don't ever remember if we do see that with ben discovering new memories because well ben at this point is on a gurney Right. So, I mean, and I I forget if it ever happens again, but if they ever do cross paths again, I'm wondering how, if that will be tied in at all. You know what I mean? Because what we saw Desmond wake up from that dream, that wasn't a dream, it was a memory, mm-hmm. and he launched into action, right? So, I mean, Ben is knocked out cold. Yeah. When all of this is happening. So is he going to wake up with a memory? That's what I mean. That's what we haven't seen yet. And I don't remember if we do see it or not. But you bring up an interesting point, too, when you said, like, I don't know if these two come face to face again. I don't think they ever do. Which is also very. And because because if I remember correctly, Saeed now heads to the temple. Um. You might be right about that. See, this is the because I know the that Saeed's that I... story is with the temple. Yes, um, because I I know this is something I had said a couple of weeks ago, but I and I was very mistaken that I said I think Ben shoots Saeed, and obviously I had that the other way around. <laughs> I, love um, it. I had that a little wrong, uh, so I will I will correct that now because I do remember there being a, a moment. I don't think we see it until next season. Uh, when uh, when the timeline corrects itself and everything is in the same timeline again, that I think there is a moment where Saeed is dying and he's he's put in the water at the temple, like almost uh-huh. like a Lazarus pit. Right. And I think that's what made me, that led me to believe that Ben shot Saeed where it was the other way around. So Saeed at some point does get m- like mortally wounded. Well, I mean, and we can probably assume that um, the Dharma initiative is going to be very much after Saeed now um, or start a war with the hostiles or the hostiles. Will, like Saeed has created a problem. Actually, now that I think about it, Saeed could be the catalyst for everything that happens next. The purge, the incident, everything. Like he could be that trigger which starts, uh, amps up the war between the Dharma and the hostiles that, yeah, that leads to the purge that eventually happens. That's, that's led by Ben. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, because you know, something else we, that kind of goes along with something we had mentioned before in that, you know, we kept hearing about this incident, this incident, this incident that's going to happen at the end of this season, that the incident happens because of these people. So, it was probably always meant to happen with these people. And that's the same thing now with the purge is that this is probably, you're right, the catalyst that causes the purge to eventually happen. So it could be that this has always been the past. And what it is, is that the oceanic crew by living it, they're getting their memories that's going really, really deep into this, like tinfoil hat stuff, but <laughs> because they wouldn't remember how they ultimately end up until they're there, right? Like every yeah. story isn't complete until it's complete. So 
so I don't know. I mean, I think that that's, that's definitely something that I'm going to keep an eye on as we move forward with the rewatch for sure. And I like it that it's kind of hazy because it's almost like we are uh, the oceanic flight passengers as well, because we're kind of living in a haze. Like we've been here before, but have we been here before? And what are we supposed to do next? And we don't want to affect the future, but we kind of want to kill Ben. But at the same time, we have a good life here and maybe we should do like, I can't imagine how complicated that scenario is for each one of those survivors. Well, I mean, like going back to what you had said earlier too, about how, you know, like it, the the Oceanic Six, it's complicated with them. Like this is what was always the past, mm-hmm. but for them, they don't know it because you can't have a memory of something until you actually live it. Right. So you're right. So until they actually go through everything, mm-hmm. they're never going to have the memory of it. <laughs> so, I like, but that brings up the, but that if that's the case though, and this has always been the past. Like it's it's one thing with Daniel and Desmond because they're jumping through time. So it was one thing for that to become a new memory for Desmond because that's something that happened while they were jumping. But if this is always the past, then that would pose the question, does Ben remember Saeed? Because if this was something that was always meant to happen, he technically would already know. But he, he would he clearly doesn't, or maybe he does. And he just plays and it he, off like and, he doesn't. Well, and that's just something that I guess the showrunners only would know because that's never let on to the audience ever. Yeah. I, I mean it's so. yeah, it's it's something yeah, I mean but, that is that is the, the, the question at the moment is does Ben remember Saeed? Right. It's kind of like what is it, Schrodinger's cat? Right. Schrodinger's cat play here, though. Well, I mean, for the audience, it kind of does because we can decide that Ben has met Saeed, even though it's never really asked. Just like the cat is alive, the cat's in the box, or it's alive or it's dead. It doesn't really matter unless you open the box. So we're not going to open the box because the box is yeah. never opened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I it, guess. This was real loose. <laughs> no, but it, it definitely works. I mean, it's it remains an unanswered question because nobody mm-hmm. ever asked for the answer. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that kind of works. I mean, we're asking for the answer now, but I mean, we're only asking in a, in a sense of out how of does the past and the future? Yeah, how does this play together? Out of curiosity and 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 in an analytic way of the way we're looking at the show now revisiting it. But at the mm-hmm. time of watching this, you don't really ask the question because it doesn't really matter. That's it doesn't, true. Cha- it doesn't change anything. Right. Whether he remembered Saeed or not really doesn't change any of the story. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Cause when I was finished watching this episode, I watched the first like five minutes of the next episode just to remember whether or not like, <laughs> like how is it that Ben lived or maybe he did kill him. Like I, literally couldn't remember <laughs> so. oh i remember how he lives like i remember who saves him it's kate yeah yeah yeah. what it's kate kate I is the it... one kate I, I think it's Jin that brings him in but Jin I think, brings him in yes but i think it's kate is the one that goes to bat for keep it for saving his life yeah well kate was with roger workman when Jin shows up with 
Ben. And so when Roger Workman sees Ben, he's like, that's my kid. That's my kid. And Kate's like, your kid, wait a minute. And so she, you can see like in her head, she's like, I'm going with him because I'm pretty sure I know who that kid is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I kind of, yeah, before we go into too far in the next week's episode that I haven't haven't even watched yet, uh, that would be an interesting one. Let's analyze the episode before we watch it. Okay. Um, I'll start. (laughs) (laughs) Kick it off, Kristen. No. um, One of the other things I really liked about this episode when it comes to Ben in particular is that, and they've done a great job of this so far up until this point, is that as they really ride the line with his character. Like there are times that you feel bad for him and there are times that you despise him. And it's one of the reasons why he is my favorite character is because he's such a dynamic character. And in this episode, they do it again with his relationship with, with his dad. Like when we see that whole scene play out where Ben walks in with the sandwich and Ben is trying to play it off like he was bringing it to his dad. He's like, well, you never made me a sandwich before. And Saeed witnesses that abusive relationship. Between mm-hmm. the two of them, you really feel bad for Ben. In well, you that feel bad moment. for little Ben. You don't feel bad for big Ben. You just feel but bad it, for little Ben. But it's still Ben. Mm. You know? I mean, it kind of makes you understand, while it's still not right, you get a little bit of an understanding why Ben might be the kind of person that he is today. Because he so desperately <laughs> wanted to leave. You know, yeah. like th- this is the catalyst that kind of that that right there is probably the catalyst that starts everything. Saeed witnesses this relationship, uses it to advantage to escape. And oh, no, because Ben ends up back at the village again. Because we yeah, do but, OK, see- so so think ahead. about it this way, though. Sorry, I just no, totally no. stepped on you. But if, if we're thinking about it this way, Saeed doesn't even feel bad for little Ben. Saeed sees this as an opportunity to kill little Ben. Right. So we think that Saeed is like growing a heart and a fondness for this little guy that's being abused by his father. And then he uses Ben to get out of the jail. And then he runs away, which I think is brilliant, by the way. We'll come back to this because he doesn't implicate his friends by doing this. And then he kills or tries to kill Ben after he's gained Ben's trust, (laughs) little Ben's trust. And he's just like, I am a killer. Like there's no remorse with what he did there. None. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I I think we do see a little bit of grief in his face when he does do it because it's the one thing he's trying not to be is a killer. Um, you know, we see that in the flashbacks when we see Saeed working for whatever that version of Habitat for Humanity is, and he's kind of changed mm. his life. He's gotten out of it. Um, he wants to be a better person. So I do think there is a little bit of grief in the fact that he is not only killing Ben, but he's killing a child. Or at least attempting yeah, to think, kill a child. Well, but do you I think, think though, I, I was just going to say, I think the reason why he's doing it is because he feels Ben is the reason he has become a killer again. Like, yes, okay, that's the question I was going to ask you. I mean, yes, because I just don't, I just don't see Ben, or I don't see Saeed having any soft spot for Ben after. No. After what he did for Ben and Ben using him the way that he did. So maybe this is like a quid pro quo kind of thing. I think this uh, is I think this is his way out. If he kills Ben as a child, Ben never lives in as an adult to recruit him to be killer again. 
Hmm. And it probably, it might solve some of the problems of, he might have it in his head that this might solve some of the problems they had on the island when they were there. This is going to change everything. If Ben doesn't exist, half of our problems are gone. Which is interesting to me because if he really wanted to fix all of their problems, he should have shot him in the head. Well, that was a mistake for Saeed, yeah. Or at well, least did the double professional tap. professional assassin. Yeah. Or at least did the double tap and shot him again. Mm-hmm. So, but again, like, I, I think that goes back to what I said in that there is a little bit of grief in Saeed's face when he does it because, like, as an assassin, he's killing adults. It's the first time he's ever shooting a child. Well, and he's he's making an emotional decision before it was a contract killing. It was, it was just a job. And in this case, I think it's an emotional decision and he probably wasn't on his a game. Well, not only that, but like, uh, I get like, there's probably also a little bit of regret in everything that's happening because he just knocked out gin. <laughs> I know. Poor gin. Like, I mean, he, he probably did not want to do that. But th- this was the only way that he saw. I mean, thankfully, he didn't shoot Jin. He just knocked Why him didn't out. he tell Jin the truth? Why didn't he say, everything's on fire. I, I seize the opportunity. I'm out of here. Bye. I don't know. You know what I mean? That, yeah. I mean, that's a good question. Um, he he kind of does to a degree. Like, he says, like, there's... Oh, no. What does he tell, what does he tell Jin? Sawyer, let me go. That's right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Why wouldn't he have told Jin the truth? That's a good question. I don't question. think he trusts anybody right now. And I think that that's probably, that's probably because of Ben, to be honest. I mean, Ben over the last three years has manipulated and controlled Saeed more than any other Oceanic, Oceanic 5, Oceanic 6 survivor. True. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if he eliminated Ben, this gets rid of a majority of their problems. Well, right. But what I'm saying is, is that he's like when people are manipulated and they're controlled, you know, mentally, emotionally, the way that Saeed probably has been for the past three years, you know, your trust of others because you've been kind of isolated in this tunnel vision environment and tunnel vision life, your outside relationships inevitably suffer as a result. So. You know, it could be that he just, I mean, and then he arrives at the island and he sees his friends and they throw him in a jail and everybody's like not talking to him, not telling him anything. And then they're voting to kill him. And like, he has to play this weird part and they're drugging him. Like, I wouldn't trust anybody at this point. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head too, as to maybe why he didn't tell Jen the truth. Yeah, right. And I don't really think it, I don't really think it goes back to Ben now thinking about this. I think it goes back to Sawyer. Because let's not forget, there's an interaction between Sawyer and Saeed where Sawyer is questioning everything that is happening. And Sawyer's reasoning behind it is, I've got a good thing going here. So selfish. And I don't want to ruin it. I mean, that alone stems back to Juliet's worry. I mean, and this is where we see, like, Sawyer is doing something for, he's doing something good, but he's not going about the best way of doing it. In that, 
he sees Julie, he sees the worry that Juliet has that all of this is crumbling down now with the arrival of these other oceanic survivors. So now he's going to extremes to preserve what they have. Mm -hmm. And when he has that conversation with Saeed saying like, we've got a good thing going here. I don't want to jeopardize that. And then we get the confirmation that we've been questioning is like, how did these guys not know that Ben was a kid there? Sawyer confirms it. They've known the whole time. Like he's a sweet kid. Like Saeed now is questioning his trust in these people because Absolutely. they're living with the Dharma initiative, not just living with the Dharma initiative, but living with Ben, a ver a guy who's created a living hell for these people. So he's not just questioning his trust in Ben. He's questioning his trust in everybody. Well, and don't I forget that Juliet gave birth to Ethan. Well, Juliet helped birth. I, it helped Ethan. birth Ethan. <laughs> yes. Oh, Kristen. Yeah, you <laughs> get like, it. Wait a it's minute. Fine. What did I miss? It's, it's fine. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, but I mean, so like now I think we can kind of put the pieces together as to why mm -hmm. Saeed did not tell Jin the truth. It's like, well, if, if Sawyer is like not, is, is telling me these things that are confusing me. And as I'm coming back to camp as a prisoner, I'm seeing Jack and Kate and Hurley just walking nonchalantly with these people. They're obviously in on it. And Jim's right. working for Dharma too. I can't trust any of these people. I don't want to kill them, but I can't trust them. Right. So right. that's probably why he doesn't tell Jin the truth. And he knocks him out and he leaves. Saeed feels very isolated and on his own at this point. And, and you know what? He has every right to feel that way. I mean, absolutely. when we break it down, when we break it down all the way down like this, you know, what's really interesting to me is that, you know, S Sawyer didn't have some sort of a, a plan with Juliet if they did show back up, if they did return. Like, there was just no contingency plan for that, you know? And for Sawyer to be a professional con man, he always has he always has to have an exit plan in his back pocket always like that's just a survival instinct you know and what was really interesting to me is that he didn't even think to approach jack kate uh or or hurley about uh, to, about that one question that he asks kate way too late in my opinion is why are you here yeah why are you yeah here? i mean that that's a question that should have been asked on the beach or on the yeah. bluff when he found them. Right. Instead, he went into what he accused Jack of doing, which was reactionary mode. Jack just reacts. Well, I mean, that's kind of what he's been doing the past couple of episodes is that he's trying to cover everybody's butt. He has too many plates spinning in the air and he's not utilizing his resources very well. Like he's not... He's not talking with Juliet about it. You know, he's not asking Jack or Kate or Hurley those essential questions. He's leaving Saeed in a jail to and and just forgetting about him, really. I mean, just going well, on with with day to day life. Well, to be fair, he does give Saeed a way in. I mean, he tells them, like, you're going to tell them you're here to defect. You're going to give them some information about the others. And then this way we can bring you into Dharmaville. Like, he does come up with a plan to bring Saeed to it. Saeed just doesn't go along with it. It's not well, like... that's because he doesn't want to live with young Ben. 
Well, yeah, that's that's probably part of it is that he he's he's having a lot of trust issues with everybody in general that he's just not going to go along with the plan like right. Jack, Kate and Hurley go right along with it. It's that reactionary, uh, you know, attitude like you mentioned. Um they're still following Jack at that point, who's reactionary going right along with, with Sawyer's plan, um, mm-hmm. which I guess is kind of counterproductive to being reactionary. Um, but still, you know, Sawyer does come up with a plan to bring Saeed into the fold. Saeed just has no trust enough that has just does not have trust enough to go along with it. And rightfully so. But he would have he would have had a way in. He just didn't right. go along with it. Right. And then Sawyer has to adapt from that point. Okay. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to put the keys in your pocket. You're going to escape and, and that, you know, and then you'll be out on your own. But then where do you go from there? Like, okay, that's a great plan to get Saeed out of the jail. But then what? what? Where does Saeed go? Right. And it's like, and it's almost like, you know, Sawyer's like, that's not my problem. This is, I just need you to get out so that I can stop thinking about this because I need to go back to my life that I've created here. Yeah. If, if you're not, if, if you're not going to be part of the plan and you're part of the problem now. So right. I won't, I won't allow these people to kill you, but I still have to get this wrench out of my gears and I have to right. let everything start to move forward again. Because you're right, because Sawyer has no plan he has no contingency in like, okay, these people are here. Now what? Right. I've brought them in, but now what? Like, are we just going to live here forever at this point? And I think that's Sawyer's plan. Right. He's happy. He's so happy. Even knowing that there's a purge coming and an incident coming, he's still really happy. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's a really good point. I mean, now, granted, the purge isn't happening for like another twenty years, but still, still. like, uh, I, I mean, because, I mean, because we do know that we we do earlier on we did get flashbacks of older Ben with right. his father, um, right? You know, because we find out that Ben actually kills his father, uh, Roger Workman. Roger Workman. It's really Roger Linus, but you can't not call him Roger Workman. Um, so we know that Ben survives, obviously. Well, we don't mm-hmm. know that at this point because we're not familiar with how the timeline changes with everything that is happening. Right. So yeah, it's such an interesting dynamic. But yeah, like Saeed, you're right. I Going back to what your first point was, this is probably as much of a Ben story as it is for Saeed. I think that it's probably equal for sure. Um. For sure. Because we're seeing a lot of parallels between these two characters that we never really saw before. And and then we get introduced to um Oldham, who's yes. the he's our you. And he's I, also olden Oldham um pharmaceuticals in Russia. There was in Russian oh. it says Oldham Phar- pharmaceuticals. That's another connection because I made another connection this episode other than Oldham. It didn't click with me until this episode who Radzinski is. Because Radzinski, if you remember correctly, is the one whose brains are on this roof of the hatch. 
Right. Because he's the one that goes crazy and shoots himself. Because he, he was the button pusher. Yeah, he was the button Which pusher. Which also is one. why it was ironic that Sawyer said, why are we on your time clock, Rudzinski? When they were, because oh, uh, he's like, we got to kill him. We got to kill him. We got to kill him. We got to kill him right now. And and Sawyer's like, why are we on your schedule here? Or your time clock? Well, I, I didn't pick up on that. What, what I picked up on was like, this dude is incredibly high strung. So it makes a lot of sense that he went crazy. Especially well, in isolation. Anybody would go crazy in that hatch. Yeah. Well, he wasn't by himself in the hatch. He was with... Now I can't remember the name of the character, but Clancy Brown was the one that played the character. Um, the one that was in there with Desmond. Right. Because before Desmond well, was Desmond there, Desmond had to replace, to yeah, Desmond yeah. had to replace Rudzinski. Yeah, he replaced Rudzinski. Um, I can't remember, I can't remember the name of that character now, and it's going to bug me, but that's all right. Um, we'll but Ted. yeah, like seeing how high strung Rudzinski was in this episode, I was like, okay, yeah, I can absolutely see putting this dude in isolation. He's going to go crazy. Yeah. I loved it when they put Saeed on drugs and he's just like, I know that the Swan did this. I know that the <laughs> orchard, the orchid did this. And I know that you have this hatch and blah, or not the hatch, but you have this. And, the, and like Rudzinski, you can just see him like having a freaking coronary. He's about to have background. an aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what I, I he goes, I know this because I'm from the future. And everybody's like, oh dear God. <laughs> well, I like, I like when he says that, Oldham's like, Maybe I should have used half a dropper. And then we get that maniacal cackle from Saeed saying it's like, awesome. no, you used the right amount. Yeah. But like going back to what I said too, about like when, when they bring Saeed to Oldham and on Saeed questions, like who is this guy? And Saeed says those words. He's our you. No, Sawyer says that. Or Sawyer. Yeah. Saeed, yeah. Sawyer says to Saeed, he's our yeah. you. Like I think that probably freaked Saeed out. Saeed very, very rarely ever shows fear. Mm. I think Saeed might have been a little afraid. Do you think so? Because I always believed that Saeed just felt he was always on borrowed time. You think like, so? Playing with house money almost. Like he was probably feels like he was supposed to die a few times over. The last time, namely being when his wife was killed. So here's a question I have about this. And I thought about Nadia a little bit. Or Nadia. Um, I think that's her name, right? It's Nadia. Nadia. Oh, yeah. Nadia's from what we do in the shadows. Nadia was his wife from The Lost. Is Ben responsible for Nadia's death? Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember. Um, yeah, because it was it was he said it was Charles Woodmore that did it. Okay, all right. So now that changes things a little bit for me. Okay. I think now that is his reasoning for trying to kill Ben. I don't think it has anything to do with it what they went through. Is. Well, no, I mean, like, I don't think it has anything to do with what happened on the island. Like with and how that like and how Ben hired him to make him a killer again. I now think now of remembering that it has everything to do with Nadia. Yeah, 
100% if Ben's dead, Nadia doesn't die. That's everything. That's, that's the, that is his ultimate decision for, shin, for killing Ben. Trying right. to kill Ben. Right. 100%. So sh- it changes my perspective a little bit on that. Because I said earlier, like, if he kills Ben, it changes the island. Ben doesn't recruit him to be a killer. Nope, that's out the window now. It's 100% Nadia. Because that was, Nadia was his chance to live a normal life. And Ben took that away by killing Nadia. Mm-hmm. Kill Ben, Nadia never dies. Right. Right. So, yeah, that, that changes things a little bit for me now. Not, I mean, it changes the reasoning. It doesn't change the decision. So, yeah. Um, looking at, uh, looking at my notes here. Any other places you, you kind of, cause that we, we so actually I thought covered, that there were, we covered a lot yeah. of that. But that's good. So I thought that there were like a few really interesting parallel parallels that we had in this episode. Um, one of them was kind of like a nature over nurture parallel because young Ben went to go feed Saeed sandwiches. And then we know that Alex, his adopted daughter used to feed the prisoners um, secretly as well. Oh, I don't remember that, but that is a good parallel. And then, um, and then Saeed and Ben both had um, really complicated relationships with their fathers. I think that we got that in this episode from Saeed's childhood flashback and then watching young Ben with Roger Workman, um, the abusive nature of that. And then um, we also have Ben murders Locke for the future and Saeed tries to murder young Ben for the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's another parallel that I didn't even think about too, especially because we get, excuse me. We, we kind of get a little bit of that when we see Ben visit Saeed and tell him that, you know, John Locke is dead. Mm -hmm. He doesn't reveal how he says, I think he was murdered. Yeah. Well, (laughs) You think he was murdered. You know he was murdered. Yeah. Uh, you murdered him. Yeah, you're the one that did it. <laughs> Bruh. <Right. laughs> um, so that so with those, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, when Saeed meets Ilana in the bar, um, do you think that she was told to maybe act? a little bit like Nadia. Cause I don't remember her on the beach having that thick of an accent. And all of a sudden she has this like thick accent. So I didn't put any thought into that, but I do have a theory. Okay. On Alana. She claims that she was hired by Mr. Avellino's family to mm-hmm. bring him to Guam. Right. I think she firmly believes that. But I think she was not actually hired by Avellino's family. I think she was mer- she was hired by Ben. No. Uh-uh. I think that she there was no Avellino's family. She's not a bounty hunter. She had to get Saeed on the plane because because 
I mean, we're spoilers, right? Because she's working for Jacob. Is she? Yes. She's obsessed with Jacob. Jacob is like... I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember any of that. Because my original theory before you brought that up was that Ben hired her to bring Saeed to Guam acting as Avelino's family. Ben found out... Ben found out what plane they needed to be on. He needed to figure out a way to get Saeed on that plane. Because otherwise, it is a strange coincidence for Saeed to be on that particular plane. At least it was until you just reminded me of that. Yeah, because Ilana and Caesar are both working for Jacob, but they both don't know that each other is working for Jacob. Okay, I see. I don't remember that at all. But I like the fact that I don't remember that. Right. Because now it's a new discovery for me. It's a rediscover for me. A rediscovery. We've renamed the podcast. It's called Rediscovery. Rediscovered podcast. We're not renaming this podcast again. It's too much of a hassle to do it once. (laughs) Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, Okay. So, I mean, that that makes a little more sense then to know that. Right. So, I guess. Knowing knowing what I knew when I watched the episode, I was watching it a little bit differently because I was just like, this is interesting to me that, you know, as she's kind of um, coming on to him and getting cozy with him and it's it's kind of like she's got this like Nadia element to her, like the way she would look down and she'd look over at him. She, she had like th- that kind of thick accent that um, Nadia had. I don't know. It just like a lot of it just made me think like this is total, again, total manipulation. Um, to get Saeed back on the island because at this point he's still a candidate. Yes, he is. Yeah, um, he he's still a candidate, and it would if if Alana is actually working for Jacob in the effort to bring Saeed back to the island. If she's the one, if it's Jacob's influence to make sure Saeed is on that plane, and she's the one that's doing that for him, I think it would make a lot of sense that she's pretending to be Nadia because she would have right. that information, right, via Jacob. Right. Because Jacob knows everything about all of these candidates. I mean, it's the right. reason why they're all candidates. Oh, well, he's um, the God element of this show. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it, it would, it, it would make a lot of sense. I didn't pick up on that only because I don't remember a lot about Nadia. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember what the character looks like, but I don't remember a lot of features and like voice and stuff like that. But again, mm-hmm. it would make a lot of sense if she was because she would ha- she would be privy to that information and it would help her in what she was doing. Well, and she also when they're at the airport, she says, "No, we are taking this plane to Guam." Oh yeah, because he sees everybody, and he's right. like, "Is there any chance we can take another another right. flight?" Or are you but she sure knows we're going happening. to Guam? Right. She goes, we're taking this plane to Guam. Like, I felt like that was a line. Like, she didn't say we're taking this flight. She didn't say she's we're taking this plane to Guam. Yeah. So, well, I just that think takes, that... That takes a lot of trust on her part then, though. Because, I mean, she would have to know... Well, I guess that's what disciples kind of do, though, is that like, yeah, it's a lot of faith. And it's it's a lot of faith because, I mean, (laughs) you figure this plane is going down again. 
because that's how they're getting back to the island, you would have to think there's a chance you might not survive that crash. Right. <clears throat> Even though you were lucky to have Lapidus as your pilot this time, that actually luckily landed the plane. He landed the plane just like he said he would. Like he and he was. Yeah, he would have the first time. Um, Yeah, that's interesting. Again, like I. I didn't really think about it because I, I didn't know that I didn't remember that about Alana. But now that I do. Now you do. Now it changes things. So, God, how could I forget that about Alana? Like, that's really. Yeah, so yeah. it's it. Um, so I just looked up the Lostpedia just for everybody to know. And it says that because <laughs> um, I'm 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 confirming it claimed. No, to be I believe you. Site, yeah. Um, was a survivor of the flight, blah, blah, blah. She claimed to Saeed Gerard to be a bounty hunter hired by the family of Peter Avellino to capture Saeed and escort him to Guam. In reality, she was summoned to the island to protect the remaining candidates by Jacob, with okay. whom she had a previous relationship. She had a relationship with Jacob. Well, he saved her. You'll see. It's coming up. Is it in this season or is it... Oh, it is in this season. It's in the, we get, okay. It's in the incident part one. We find out a little bit more. We're going to get lots and lots of information. I think if I remember it correctly, I think we, the finale, the two part finale of this season is where we meet Jacob for the first time. Yeah. Uh, yep. Okay. Yep. We finally meet Jacob. It's going to be great. Yeah, we gotta we gotta every figure out. Every single time I see that actor, by the way, every love, time I see that I actor, that actor in anything, I'm like, why is Jacob here? <laughs> I um, uh, Mark Pellegrino is the actor that ends up. No, that his plays name Jacob. is Jacob. <laughs> see, I know him from other stuff before Lost. Mm-hmm. He's still um, Jacob. He was uh, in uh, I knew Norman Reedus before Walking Dead. Oh, and so did he's Daryl. <laughs> True. Um, I know Mark Pellegrino from, I think I remember him f- before anything else from, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. Uh. Um, I'm trying to remember what, ca- I think he played, I know he was a villain in Buffy. We're off the, off the rails again. That's all right. Um, cause I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah. Supernatural. That's, that's another place I know him from. He was Lucifer. In Supernatural. So he was Jacob in Lost and he was Lucifer <laughs> and he's, Supernatural. And he was, he was he's Lucifer got range. Yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, that's oh, that's right. He was in Chuck, which is another show that I loved. Um, I just want to look for Buffy because I'm pretty sure I remember him from Buffy. Don't look um, at it on your own time. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in Buffy. I was wrong. I hope I you cut all of this out. <laughs> I'm not cutting any of this out. Oh dear. I'm really sorry to everybody listening. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. I need to be set on track. Um I so yeah, so my my working theory for Alana is kind of out the window now now that we know that about Alana and Jacob. But that's fine. That's totally sorry. fine. No, I yeah. I'm actually appreciate that because there were still too many holes in my theory, and now they all got filled in, which is great. 
And now they've been obliterated. <laughs> they've, my theory has been blown out of the water and now it's actually whole, which is weird. Um, <laughs> it's like the hatch. Yes. It's now a big, it's a big <laughs> hole. I really don't have a lot of other stuff to talk about. Again, like I'm still in a little bit of a brain fog from COVID. No, so, I, mean, I mean, I I covered everything I wanted to talk about. There's a couple other things I have, like just in notes. So this, I mean, this might actually will end up being a shorter episode than usual, which is fine. Um, I I loved seeing, I I don't know what they were, but I want to try the dipping sauces. I do too. They bring out the flavor of the ham, right? <laughs> Tell me what that is. I want to know what the dipping sauces were. Waffles because- with ham and syrup that brings out the flavor of the ham. Hurley, like, come on, Hurley. Chef Hurley is in his element right now. Like, this is where he's supposed to be, and yeah. that's always been the case with Hurley. Like, he's always been more comfortable on this island. He than has he was in real life, and like, I think like. No matter like everything that's happening right now, I think one of the reasons why we haven't really seen Hurley is because Hurley is enjoying life right now. He yeah. is free from all the burdens of everything that happened back in the mainland in his real life. He's a chef. He gets to work with food. Like he's making people happy. Like Hurley is in his element right now. And he's and he with his friends. And he doesn't and he doesn't want to be bothered with everything that's happening with Saeed. Like he cares about Saeed, obviously. Right. He's friends with Saeed, but he just doesn't want to be bothered with that right now. Um well, so that's, I, that's so funny because that you say that because it's like, yeah, he sits down, and he's like, Yeah, Juliet and Sawyer are together. How oh is God. it that you didn't know this? That I love that part too, because <laughs> I have it written in my notes. I have Chef Not So Subtle Hurley. Um because <laughs> That's what he is. And he's like, oh, yeah, because they're together. But like, how did right. you not know they're together? Right. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going to get back to my waffles. Bye. <laughs> because, I mean, and he's got an excellent point. Like, Jack knows that Sawyer and, and Juliet are together because he went to the house and he saw it right. firsthand. Uh-huh. Kate has witnessed Saeed and he's seen Sawyer, but hasn't, or not Saeed, Sawyer and Juliet hasn't put it together Hurley hasn't done anything, but he still knows. Like, it's clear as day these two are an item. Yeah. And even if he didn't see them together, he even says it. He's like, who didn't see that coming? He right. saw it before they even got there <laughs> that these two were going to end up together. You know so, what? It's, like, because, <sighs> so it's because Hurley is he knows people. He can read people. He's everybody's friend. People talk to him. He like, they're not afraid of him. You know, like Jack is intimidating. Kate is intimidating. Sawyer is intimidating. Hurley. Hurley's everyone's friend, man. But it just, it adds more credence to what we've been saying for a while now. And what kind of proves true in the end again, spoiler is that like all these people who are candidates as to who's going to take over for mm-hmm. Jacob and everything, like whether it's Ben or it's the man in black or it's, you know, Richard or whoever. Hurley is the true guardian of this island mm-hmm. because everybody, he, everybody loves Hurley and Hurley loves everybody. Mm-hmm. Like he is Hurley looks out for everybody. He takes care of everybody like and it's when he's here that he does that. Hurley is the true guardian of this island. 
So the question is, why did he fight going back to the island so hard? I don't think he necessarily fought going back to the island. I think he fought who he was going with. Because mm. he accepted the fact of going back to the island, but it wasn't until Ben stepped on the plane that he freaked out. Right. I think it's more he doesn't he's okay going back. It's 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 who is there with him that complicates things. Don't worry, Ben didn't go with you, Harley. <laughs> nope. Well, and I think that's why he's in his element now, is because he knows that. Has he seen Little Ben yet? I don't think he has. Okay. I I was just going to say that too. I was also going to say I don't think he knows Ben is there. But again, so next episode does, should be fun. Yeah. But even if he does know that Ben is there, it's child Ben. Do we really think Hurley would be holding a grudge against a child version of this person? You know, every single time that question is is posed, I always think of Don Cheadle in Avengers Endgame going, shouldn't we just go back to baby Thanos? And <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the it's the it's the go back and kill Hitler thing. You know, like it, it's the one thing, like if you had a time machine, would you go back and kill Hitler? Like it's Yeah. Unfortunately another Hitler would pop up somewhere else. And would probably be worse. Maybe. I there's <laughs> Oh, maybe. I mean, it, it's it's a good theory that, like, kind of this is breaking point again to a point we made for another show. You know, when we covered The Last of Us, which, which we're doing over on Podcastica right now, and we talked about how – sorry if, if, you're, if you're not watching the series. It's, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but for episodes four and five with the, with the character of Kathleen – about how these guys took over Fedra because Fedra was horrible and these guys became worse than Fedra. Right. You know, when you take out a, a bad person, oftentimes an even worse person takes their place. Or the once um, good person becomes the bad person. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if you're to go back and kill Hitler, could a worse Hitler come up? If you're to go right. back and kill Ben, could someone else just take the mantle of what he's supposed to be doing? Well, I mean, all people are inherently good just as much as all people are inherently bad. Like, it is the decisions that we make in our life and how we react to what happens to us in our life that kind of makes us, puts us in that good or bad category. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think that that this that this show really has a strong theme throughout the series of that exact... Um, thought process, yeah. you know, because we've seen each one of these characters be completely 100% amazing and completely 100% selfish or evil or negative, antagonistic, you know, I mean, because I wouldn't go out and say like, Jack has been evil in the past because he hasn't, but has he made terrible decisions and been selfish and, and single-minded? A hundred percent. But he's Human. also been amazing yeah. yeah yeah i mean i mean yeah i mean before we took the, the the long extended break over the pandemic one of the running themes was always jack is the worst and you know it still it's, is it, it, it still holds but uh it, you're absolutely right jack has not always been this horrible person he it, i, I right. think majority times than anything else he's been a good person it's just that when 
you know, most like as with anybody in life or anything in life, oftentimes the negative outweighs the positive. You see the negative mm. more than you do the positive. It's it's one of the reasons why if somebody takes, you know, it's it only takes one thing to break somebody's trust. Like you can do a hundred mm-hmm. good things, but you do one bad thing and the trust is broken. It's and once and the it, trust is broken, it's impossible it, it, to get back. It's next almost impossible. It's next to impossible to get it back. Yep. You're right. So. Like Jack may have done 20 great things, but he does one horrible thing. And now all of a sudden Jack is the worst. Right. And that's how we see him. And you're right. Every one of these characters has those shades of gray. It's the yin and and the yang. Mm -hmm. They're, they're good people. I would say almost everybody with the exception of maybe Ben Hurley. Oh, I was going to say Hurley has never, he's been almost all good. I can't well, even think of bad with there, there was the time he he was, the ranch. He, well, he was hoarding the candy bars. Yeah. He was kind of keeping food for himself. He was, there's been some selfish moments from Hurley, but you're right. Other than that, I can't think of anything that, that bad. I mean, I mean, even Charlie, like Charlie stealing Aaron to go baptize him, like kid, basically kidnapping Aaron to go baptize him. He had a good best of intentions, but he went about a horrible way of doing it, and it broke trust with well, a lot of people. Being on heroin around Aaron, that yeah, well, that's another that's another big one too. Um, you're right; every one of these people has done bad things, but they're arguably still good people. Being a part of abducting son. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Charlie did that as well. I mean, we could list it for we could find yeah. something for all of these characters, right? Currently Charlie. being the most difficult. Yeah. Like I said, he he hoarded some candy bars. He candy was a bars. selfish with food. Right. I mean, it's nothing com- in comparison to everybody it's else. Nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but you know, the opposite goes for the people that we think are bad, like Ben. Like Ben has he is an arguably horrible person. He's done horrible things in his life, but he has mm-hmm. done some good. It's one of the reasons why, and it's one of my f- absolute favorite parts of the series finale when we get to that point is him deciding not to go in the church. I love yeah. that moment for Ben because it's, it's, if I remember correctly, it's Hurley asking it. No, is it Hurley? I think it is. I think it's Hurley mm-hmm. like saying, dude, are you coming? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to stay out here because mm-hmm. Ben knows he is not redeemed enough to walk inside. So, I mean, and we'll, and we'll, God, we'll, we'll dive into that when we yeah, get to the finale. I can't wait to go there because I, yeah, I think that we'll all have different thoughts on that. We're going to have a guest for the finale too. Yeah. Which it's is why long, I said we will all. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a long way. We're still a ways off, but um, yeah. we already know somebody who's going to be joining us for that episode um, because he joined us for the pilot, which made a lot of sense. So, yeah, I mean, there, there are shades of gray with everybody, but Hurley. Mm-hmm is the hardest one to find and now seeing him like we are it's just everybody loves hugo i love it yeah and it's true it's true um only other two things i have uh in quick in notes and then we'll we'll go into some feedback and some recommendations but i love keeping on ben um I love how he can deliver lines that are only one or two words, but I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you're an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But but I'm saying that in like the most lovable way, like, like you're an asshole, but I love it. Like when he goes to visit Saeed 
at the yeah. Habitat for Humanity. And Saeed says, like, how did you find me? And he's like, I looked. I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're a dick. <laughs> but I love it. Like, he he just has such delivery that it just it blows my mind thinking about the fact that Michael Emerson was only supposed to be like in three or four episodes of the series. And now he is, again, my favorite character of the show. Yeah, he he was a good get for sure. It, they were so smart to keep him on board and make him part of the story. Yeah, because he's just he's a phenomenal actor, and I love it. I'm still trying to get him. Casting on the overall for that show is is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the only other thing I have is, and we can kind of talk about this a little bit to see if maybe we can figure out how this fits, because one of the things we've always talked about is how literature happens to fit within the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at the book that young Ben gives the Saeed. Uh-huh. They show it. So if they show it, there's a reason why they show it. Right. Cause he could have just said, here's a book. I read it. It's good. Never showing the co- the cover. And then it's like, okay, he just gave him a book, but they showed us the book. Right. And it's Carlos Castaneda's a separate reality, further conversations with Don Juan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a book written by an anthropologist Uh, published in 1971 concerning the events that took place during his apprenticeship with a Yaki Indian sorcerer, Don Juan Mattis between 1960 and 1965. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the Wikipedia page for this is not long, so I don't know how this would fit, but I'll read the content and we'll see if maybe we can figure it out. Uh, In the book, uh, the author continues his description of his apprenticeship under the tutelage of Don Juan as in his previous book, uh, the teachings of Don Juan. Uh, he describes the experiences he had with Don Juan while under the influence of the psychotropic plants that Don Juan. Oh, I figured it out. It's the psychotropic. <laughs> <laughs> that Don Juan offered him peyote and a smokable mixture of what he believed to be among other plants, dried mushrooms of a, a, a genus. Uh, the main focus of the book centered on Don Juan's attempts to getting a da- a, the, the, folk, the main focus of the book centered on Don Juan's attempts at getting Carlos to see a practice best described and uh, de- best described as, in his own words, perceiving energy directly as it flows through the universe. Uh, the book contains an introduction, an epilogue, and two separate parts. Part one, the preliminaries of seeing, describes his reiteration into the apprenticeship from which he withdrew in late 1965 and also describes his introduction to another sorcerer named Don Gennaro. Part two, the task of seeing, elaborates on the mental processes involved with seeing and begins with him realizing that the plants are a necessary tool to arrive at seeing. That's pretty much it. So I guess... Maybe. So it's kind of foreshadowing. Yeah, it's, it's a foreshadowing of of the the tincture of on the sugar cube mm-hmm. that he's going to receive, and exactly how that enough. perceives everything. Yeah, exactly enough. Maniacal laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all right. I, see, I didn't read the content before we before we recorded. So now That's that okay. I see. The, the psychotropic plant, psychotropics. I'm like, okay, never mind. I like I it that you're like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> so that may, okay, so that makes sense. 
Yep. Um, that's all I have. Any yeah, me final too. notes? Okay. All right. Um, in that case, let's dive into some feedback because we did get a bit. Um, we're still encouraging to leave us feedback uh, as we go forward. If you're, if you're too shy, it's all right. I know the listeners are there because I'm checking the numbers. Um, <laughs> some people just usually like to listen, though. That's fine. That's totally fine. Which is fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, if you do want to leave us feedback of any sort, whether it's about the episode, how we're doing on the podcast or recommendations you want to make, easiest way to do that, just go to revisitedpod.com. All the links on how to do that are there from leaving us an email, voicemail, uh, where to subscribe and how to find us in social media. Everything is right there. Revisitedpod.com. Uh, do we want to start with the email or do we want to start with the voicemail? Let's start with Des. Okay. So we have an email from Des Combs that says, oh my God, Saeed shot Ben. Saeed is a killer, so Ben's definitely dead, right? They've changed the past. Oh, wait, no, because you can't change the past. What happened? Happened. Okay, I'll stop now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Des. So I made some realizations about some of the actors in this episode. Stu Rudzinski was played by Eric Lane, who was born in my hometown of Hamilton, Ohio, and went to high school where I live now. He's been in a ton of stuff like Antebellum, The Man in the High Castle, and Narcos. Oof, The Man in the High Castle is real good. When I realized Oldham was played by William Sanderson, I kept waiting for his brother Daryl and his uh, and his other brother Daryl to come out of the teepee. If you don't get the reference, you're too darn young. I am too darn young. It's okay. Um, oh God, keep reading. I'll tell you when we're done. Okay. Okay. About last podcast, since you spent half the show trashing Jack, let me say something <laughs> about Sawyer. He has grown tremendously as a person since the pilot. He is hardly recognizable after the three years. Thanks, Juliet. He is right about Jack. Jack does react impulsively. But come on, Sawyer is a petty asshole. He had Jack put in sanitation. Yeah, Jack yeah. is a doctor. I understand he wanted to knock him down, but wouldn't he be of use in medical? Nope. Let's put one doc sweeping up the floor and the other in the motor pool. Petty, petty, petty. <laughs> like Ross, petty, petty. I think you guys were thinking way too much about Christian's shoes. He was wearing white shoes because those were the shoes that he was put in the casket wearing. One last thing, I swear. Who says Ben doesn't remember Saeed? Once Ben dropped the Henry Gale persona, he seemed to be very familiar with the Oceanic passengers. I know they got intel on them, but he was just very comfortable with them. I think he 100% remembered the people who went back to the 70s. That's it. Bye. Okay. <laughs> So I don't think I'm thinking way too much about Christian shoes at all. I, know I don't think we were shoes, either. No, because it has actually been confirmed that the shoes do represent, um, do represent the white shoes represent the light and the dark shoes represent the dark. Like that's just, I'm not overthinking it. That's actually something that I have found. Yeah. Um, but I do like it that when I do like what, you said devs about dropping the Henry Gale persona. Um, and then he's really familiar with the oceanic passengers. I like the idea that, um, that he would be really familiar with them because he does remember them. And it's just that the passengers don't have the memory yet, which is an interesting, um, switch around to what we saw with Daniel Faraday and Desmond in, um, a couple episodes before that. Yeah, I mean, and it would make sense too. Like, like we said earlier about how the passengers wouldn't have memories of it is because you mm -hmm. can't have a memory of something until you've actually lived through it. 
Right. So it hasn't happened to them yet. So they're obviously not going to remember it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and it's, so it's, what's it's the Daryl TP thing? It's a new heart. Um, it's a new heart reference okay. to the, the Bob Newhart show. I am too young for that. <laughs> totally fine with that. I only, I, I, I wasn't a big watcher of new heart, but I have seen some episodes and I've seen the only reason I know it is because I've seen that referenced a number of times. I was going to say, cause you and I are like the same age. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've only seen, I know it because I've seen the, this is my brother, Darrow and my other brother. I've seen that reference okay. a number of times. So that's, that's honestly the only reason I knew it. Does is much older than us. I don't think he's much older than us. Much older. He's an old man. He's so old. <laughs> uh, all right. So we have two voicemails from our friend Steve. Oh. Um, one of them is on episode 10, but one of them is also called uh, episode nine supplement. So apparently okay. he has something to say back from Let's our last episode. That one. Well, I figured we would if we go in time. Okay. Um, but that also brings up the point, too, that if you have feedback for an episode we've already covered, like you're catching up to the podcast, please feel free to leave that thought, that podcast, that feedback, too, because we'll, yeah, we'll happily go back. It's, it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to go this, back. And this is only like 10 seconds long. So I'm very <laughs> curious what this is. Um <laughs> So this is, our, this is the first voicemail from our friend Steve. <laughs> I'm listening to the podcast for episode nine. Haven't got <laughs> far into it, but I totally agree with Kristen. Jack just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my side hurts. This validation. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. It just made my morning. <laughs> Jack, Jack just, just sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to clip that and keep that as a sound bit now. Forever. You're just yeah. gonna, every once in a while, I'm just going to hit a button that is just going to be Jack just sucks. We'll be on another, we'll be on another podcast. You'll just be like. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime they mention a character named Jack, Jack just sucks. Oh, that was awesome. Thank you, Steve. Uh, <laughs> all right. But here is our here is his voicemail for this episode uh of the of the show. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and this is gonna be for Lost Season 5, episode 10. Is this young Saeed uh not being able to kill a chicken? Oh, Saeed was the kid who killed the chicken. Didn't catch the title of the book. You probably did. Vaguely remember this storyline, so I'm excited to see where this goes with Ben and Saeed. Found out why these men were on a kill list that Saeed was doing for Ben. Oh, there we get it. Ben just told him, you've killed everyone who threatened your family. And he says that they're Widmore's people. Oh, Horace, you don't know who you're talking to about taking this to the next level. Saeed knows all about that. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. Sawyer going to talk to Saeed in the jail cell. Great. Okay, so Saeed appeared in the jungle three years later. We had talked about, you guys talked about this, that they had to live the three years to get to this point. But apparently Saeed just appeared at this point. Uh, the plot thickens. Ben's father comes in to mop the floor. I forgot how abusive Ben's father was. What am I thinking? <laughs> all the oceanics that were on that flight appeared at this present time. I'm a dope. Oh, Ben, ever the manipulator. Now you're trying to manipulate Saeed after you were the one who murdered John Locke. Ugh. Is Oldham a torturer too? 
I don't remember any of this. He's our you, said the title of the episode, Mic Drop. It's William Sanderson. I saw his name in the credits, but I forgot that he's the one that played this guy. Voice is unmistakable. Oh, he's a chemical torturer, not a physical torturer. Oh, 120 bucks for a glass of whiskey? That better be some damn good whiskey. Well, that's a line. The only thing I was ever good at, meaning killing. And possibly a subtle nod to Lethal Weapon because Mel Gibson's character in the first Lethal Weapon movie says the same thing. <laughs> He's telling the truth, but they're just not going to believe anything he says. <laughs> he just mentions the incident that hasn't happened yet. So the Dharma Initiative's headquarters is in Michigan, as in Ann Arbor, Michigan. <laughs> is it really unanimous if you have to tell the person to raise their hand? That doesn't make sense. Oh, a rolling Volkswagen <laughs> van bomb. <laughs> Three years, no burning buses. Y'all are back for one day. Now, even as a teenager, Ben was a master manipulator and knew how to plan things. Jen is driving the van. Good job. He just shot Ben. <laughs> I, I don't remember how this plays out. Of course, now I got to wait a week. Ugh. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Uh, you don't have to wait a week. You can just go right into the next episode. I don't remember... <laughs> How this plays out. <laughs> uh, um, going back to something that he said earlier on, too, about like how like how these guys had to live the three years. Jack, Kate, and Hurley didn't have to live the three years. Saeed arrived at the same time they did. Correct. He just arrived somewhere else. Right. Which is why he wasn't brought in with Kate and Hurley and, and Jack. Correct. So, yeah. So he's he arrived at the same time they did. He didn't. Kate and Hurley and Jack didn't live three years with them. They've literally only been there for a couple of days. I'd like to think that if he did arrive with Hurley, Kate and Jack, that Sawyer would have put him on his security team. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, I would think that would probably make the most sense because where else would he put him? Mm hmm. I don't know. They put Jack as a custodian, well, as a workman. Was, well, Jack that was workman. just, as Des said, that was just because Sawyer was petty. That was for fun. He got to stick it to him. Yeah, exactly. That was all right. He got to stick it to Jack, just like he's sticking it to Juliet. Oh! Uh, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was horrible. Oh, that was horrible. Makes me want yes. to edit, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Des will just haunt you in your dreams. That, that's true. Um, and, and Steve also brought up another good point that we did. We kind of didn't is that, you know, making the comparison between Oldham and Saeed, he's right. One is a physical torture and the other one uses chemicals. Mm -hmm. That, that is the difference between the two of them, but they get the same results. Yeah. Um, well, you know, there was probably no real like physical torture, maybe that a bunch of Dharma initiative hippies were going to do. True. Yeah, very, very true. So, uh, but thank you, Steve and Des, for the feedback. Uh, and again, and again, we encourage you guys to leave feedback for anything future episode, previous episode, whatever. Again, revisitedpod.com is how you can go and find all the ways to do that. Yes. Uh, I think it's my week for recommendation mm -hmm. this week. Yep. Uh, so my Wilhelm podcast next week is going to be doing, we're going to be recording it by the time you're hearing this, 
on Monday. We're recording on Wednesday our Oscar prediction episode, and we're not doing every category because it's going to take a while. So I've been watching a lot of the Oscar-nominated films, and I've been really pushing myself because i got to get through most of them by Wednesday. Um, I still have not watched The Fablemans. Me um, neither. It, we keep we keep sitting down to do it, and then we do something else. It is on my list to watch for tonight. Yep. Like it is my absolutely tonight. My my, I have to watch it before Wednesday because it's a it's you know, it's the best picture nominated. But I will mention two films that I watched okay. uh, over the course of uh, watching everything that are nominated films. I'm not going to say whether or not I think they're going to win stuff or anything. They're just films I really enjoyed. Um, first off is the whale. You saw with, it with Brendan Fraser. I watched it. And let me tell you, he deserves every piece of acknowledgement, accolade, everything he is getting. Brendan Fraser deserves it all. Awesome. Because he is, it is a very, and I don't, because of the, the premise of this movie, I don't say this is a pun. Emotionally, it is a very heavy movie. Right. Um. Very well, Darren heavy. Afrinowski is a heavy director. Yes. Um, I mean, there are like, it, it is literally like I was holding it together for most of the movie. And then there's one scene with Brendan Fraser that just breaks me. And from that point on for the rest of the movie, the dam had collapsed. Like oh. the well, the well was broken yeah. at that point. Um, he is, absolutely phenomenal in that movie okay i um, assume he is yeah i want to see it i'm going to see it eventually when i have the time and mental energy to go through it yeah and and that's just it like you have to be able to mentally prepare yourself because it is an emotionally heavy movie um, well just like requiem for a dream which i think is darren ofrenowski's best film he ever made okay i don't think i've that ever takes- seen it to be honest oof that movie is so fantastic. I, I, anyways, keep going. And the other one. So the other movie I want to bring up is definitely on the other side of things in going through all the animated movies um, Mm -hmm. that are nominated. I I went through that entire category. Puss Puss in Boots, The Last Wish was a lot of fun. It was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be, but I absolutely loved Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Okay. It is such a funny and charming and heartwarming movie. Did not know what to expect because I was not familiar with this character that's been around for a while in the form of like shorts and things like that. This is like the full length feature of it. Um, Mm. It's so, it's just so charming and delightful. Like I absolutely adored that movie. Okay. It had me maybe laugh. watch the whale and then lighten it up with, with Marcel. With Marcel. Yeah. Got it. And it made me realize too, that Jenny Slate, who does the voice of Marcel actually is nominated is part of two movies that are nominated this year. Jenny Slate, who we know is Mona Lisa Saperstein. Mona, money, please. <laughs> My money. Um, is nominated for t- is in two Oscar nominated movies. She does the voice of Marcel the Shell, and she's also and in she's Everything in Everywhere All at Once. Everything Everywhere, yeah. She's amazing. Which she's is great. really good. She does a lot of voiceover work. She's in Zootopia. Well, and this is coming from someone who was fired from SNL for cursing. <laughs> <laughs> Audrey abs- Plaza, I think, was also fired from SNL. 
I look at her success. Yeah. Like, well, and she went back to, she went back to host SNL and she talked about that. She was just oh, like, I was the worst employee. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> Cause Jenny Slate accidentally lets an F word fly in an episode of SNL on the live one. And I think they let her go shortly after. That's ridiculous. Um, I know. Um, I could be wrong with about that. all maybe the she, shenanigans that they have on that show all the time. That's just ridiculous. Maybe she left on her own that season, but I think that was her final season of SNL. Mm. Um, maybe she ended up leaving on her own. I don't know, but I know the season that that happened, she ended up leaving at the end of that season. Um, but she's great. Like, you know, you and I were talking about parks and rec before we started recording and yeah. her as Mona Lisa is like, She's horrible, but like the best kind of horrible. Yeah, the best kind of horrible. <laughs> she makes kind. John Ralphio look put together. <laughs> and I can't <laughs> wait because I'm working an event in June in which Henry Winkler is a guest. Awesome. So I've met Henry Winkler before and he's such a delightful person. But now, like last time I talked to him, I talked to him about Here Comes the Boom. This time when I see him, I'm going to be like, okay, we got to talk Parks and Rec. Yeah. Because you're just Dr. Saperstein. Dr. Saperstein. Um, so those are my recommendations movie wise, because we're in Oscar season. The whale and Marcel the Cell, Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Okay. Two opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're just they're both that they're both great movies. Awesome. So uh, but yeah, if you want to listen to that Wilhelm episode two, uh, that'll be out on Thursday, March 9th. Um, mm. that's going to be our buddy Pake is going to be joining me for that. Cause he is someone who watches all the movies. Um, and then my friend Brandy, who's an actress out in LA is going to be joining us for that episode. Oh, great. Well. That'll be fun. Yeah. We're going to make our recommendations and then the Oscars are by the time you're hearing this, this Sunday, They're which I'll be watching next Sunday at the time you're hearing this. Oh, this Sunday. Okay. Yep. This Sunday, this comes, this comes out on Monday. It's, I it sucks because it because it collide it's it conflicts with the season finale of The Last of Us. So I will well, not I'll be, be watching, watching. I'll be watching the season finale of Last of Us. Oh, I'll be watching the Oscars. <laughs> oh, I just checked the listicles at the end. Okay, I and like then I look for are, YouTube clips. There are a number of people I'm rooting for this year. Um, so if they win, I want to watch their speeches when yeah. they happen and. And such. I, I'll tell you right now, I'm. I have every. I want so much for Ki Hu Kwan to win the Oscar for supporting actor. We'll see. I want it so much. Stranger things have happened. He's been yeah, but he's been winning. Like no, that's what I'm saying. Board. Like I, I, it's probably going to happen. I, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, I hope everything I'm, everywhere all at once sweeps personally. God, so do I. It's such a great movie. Um, any other final notes before we, uh, we head out? No, nothing. All right. Um, I said it was a relatively shorter episode, which compared to others it is, but it's still a little bit like around an hour and 20. So we did good. Yeah, we did good. I'm proud of us. Uh, next episode, season five, episode 11, whatever happened, happened. Mm -hmm. So, and I think we get some Faraday. I was going to say that too. sounds like Faraday, right? <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to get uh, we're going to see the follow up to what happens with Ben being shot by Saeed. And yeah, and I think we see the return of Faraday in this. We episode do get well. so I, I do. I do know that it's a Kate flashback. Okay. 
All right. Fair enough. So we'll see uh, what happens. Thank you as always for being a part of our audience uh, and keeping with us again. Apologies for the past two weeks, but COVID struck me down. Uh, <laughs> thanks for always being a part of everything, but until next time, we'll see you guys further on down the bed. <laughs> no, that's the wrong sign off. You did Damn bad. It. I did bad. COVID cloud. <laughs> COVID brain cloud. Uh, we'll see you guys further on down the rabbit hole. There Take you go. Care. Bye. <laughs>